Welcome to Beyond the Shadows on the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, Shana Wankel, our chat shenanigator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole and a fantastic writer in her own, right? She's throwing her eyes and giving me dirty looks and all kinds of other things over there. Save mm. those dirty looks for later. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, so... Um, but it is this fantastic chat shenanigator over here and a writer in her own right. Two rights at once. So, um, yeah, she came up with this question earlier while we were kind of sitting down talking about the show that we're going to uh, be doing tonight. We're going to do something else. We're going to save it for next week. But she asked, hey, could a house become a tulpa? You know, with all that energy that builds up, could it re- really become its own entity? So... Just real quick, tulpa is a uh, thought form entity. So the the basic concept is that um, a number of people um, could even be like a a single person could do it according to like Far East Buddhist concepts. But we generally uh, attribute it to many people forming up the same thought about something and then some entity kind of latching on to that thought to that thought form and then uh, taking the identity of that entity that they've been thinking about and, and running with it. So a lot of people attribute this to Slenderman. That Slenderman, yes, while it was completely fiction um, and its origins was part of a Photoshop contest that perhaps because all these people were throwing these you know different things out into the ether, that there was an entity out there that latched on to the idea of Slenderman and became an actual entity. Um, so, but with Shauna, she's asking, okay, could a house possibly do this? You know, or could it possibly happen with a house? And, you know, a couple just to throw out there. Um, I have some photos. We'll get to some photos here. Uh, you know, the Winchester house is one. You know, a lot of people talk about uh, the Winchester house, it's different rooms, all the uh, crazy things that go on with it, um, and the hauntings that are there, and perhaps the energy um, over years and years, you know, from Mrs. Winchester years ago, but now other people who have been there and are providing their own energy to it, you know, has it developed its own um, its own identity, really? So, Shauna, this was kind of your question, so you want to go ahead and and dive into this a little bit here well i'm not saying that you know these movies are true because we know that they're not even though some of them are based on you know actual places and stuff like that but um and the reason that i this question i've had this question in my head for a little bit now because we watched mike's finally saw rose red finally saw rose red yeah i still love it um and then uh the and then hill house yeah so that's that's actual the actual house used for rose red which is in uh, washington state and then and then yeah hill house yeah they're both movies right they're both movies but the concept well like with rose red um you know ellen rimbaugh the house was built on top of native american land so there was that and then um there's all of these people that died at the hands of winchester or of um Rimbaugh, well winchester technically it's like a winchester spin on yeah it. yeah i mean they, they base um, a lot of the stuff off of yeah, the winchester but, house for but sure they're they're rifles and so in order but in order to appease the spirits she had to keep building and you know even after she died everybody died this house ate all these people you know but then you could still hear the house in the movie building building so it's like the house had taken on its own Um, it basically became its own entity. Yeah. So yeah. It, the house was building itself. They, yeah, they literally talked about the house eating people. Yeah. So, you know, what if, you know, the house used to be just a house haunted by spirits, but, you know, now the spirits are still there. But the gist of the story was that the house had 
acted started acting up again and it has started building again it has started building so you know could could a house and like with the Heim Hill house you know it that bacon basically taken on its own you know persona there were like the made the main spirits that were haunting the place that were kind of adding fuel to it but it was almost like both places at least in the movie um, had taken on its own identity so could a house act as a battery and the more energy that it takes in could it basically become its own entity like it doesn't even need you know spirits to haunt it anymore that it could like do its own thing yeah the same idea and i know you haven't seen this show but the, the same concept was used for the show lost where it, you know, it wasn't a house it was an island and the island had its it, it was basically a character in the show rose red does that where it, it becomes a character in the show um i guess it was a mini series yeah. um the winchester house is you know supposed to almost be like that and they did have the movie um you know the winchester uh was it just called winchester I can't remember. Winchester. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically, yeah. So the house is has become its own entity. It's it's fueling the spirits that are there, and it's it's almost like the um, the house, the building itself, is the main protagonist, and the 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 ghosts, the spirits, are almost like supporting the supporting cast, but. The main protagonist is is the building. Um, Cynthia Gerodius asked down there, "Would the Amityville house be a topo too?" So ironic that you uh, that you ask that because um, yeah, we actually have uh, the Amityville house here because when we had Ricky Rocket on uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked a little bit about the Amityville house. Um, he's friends with uh, Ryan Katzenbach, who did the Shattered Hopes series. Uh, which was really really good um it, it's hard to acquire these days but if you get a chance um i think there's a way to watch it on vimeo um if you get a chance check it out it's really good um our friend alexandra holzer was a part of that as well um and so you know ricky and i know he's a legend tripper not necessarily a ghost hunter or anything like that but you know, it doesn't have to be he's, he's been interested in this for decades you know ever since he was a kid and he was actually going to the amityville house um and checking it out back then that he made an, an excellent point that you know if it wasn't haunted then with all the energy that people have been focusing at the house now that it, it probably is now you know because of all that energy everybody keeps throwing at it so and it makes a lot of sense you know if it's the same idea with the tulpa. If all these people keep throwing energy, 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 energy at it, it kind of takes on its own life. You know, with the tulpa, usually it's like another um, type of entity has decided, okay, there's all these people out there that have, that are throwing these thoughts out there that are, you know, that are throwing this, we call it energy. Um, let me actually become that because these people are wanting that. So, can a building do the same thing? And we talk about hundreds of cars too, you know? So it, it, it seems to make some sense. Um, so there's another one here. So Robert Hanna, like an entity that can possess a house. Um, yeah, kind of like that. So I guess the house would become the entity or the, ent the entity ingrains itself in the house. It's, it's kind of hard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was whenever I was thinking about it, you know, how to explain what I meant. But, um, I mean, the, it's like the spirits are still there, you know, but it's like the spirits and the people that have come into contact with these spirits have, you know, since added so much energy, energy into the, the venue itself, like the... Like people have their own, you know, vibes, you know, objects have their own vibrations. A house, you know, would do the same thing. So with the ground. Right. So if everything is just adding fuel into this place, you know, why, you know, would the house even need the spirits to have anything going on after that? 
So Megan Talbert uh, says, but current homeowners of Amityville say it's not haunted, so can a tulpa be destroyed if it was once created? Um, well, I'm going to be very frank about that. I think they're full of shit. <laughs> and there's a reason why. <laughs> there's a reason why they're full of shit, and mm. I totally get it. So uh, we were just talking about this sort of stuff with uh, with Corey and Jen Heinsohn when they were on uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole uh, concerning the Conjuring House. So the same thing that happened with the, the Conjuring House about you know five, six years ago, whenever it was now, when the movie came out, happened with Amityville 40 years ago, where people flocked and descended upon the house. It, it garnered a crap ton of attention that the current homeowners did not want. And um, so imagine this is happening to your house, that all of a sudden, because of a movie, everybody's now showing up in your front yard. And the owners of Amityville had a lot of problems with, with people, you know, destroying their lawn, coming up to the house, doing all kinds of crazy shit. So uh, imagine that happening to you. Do you really want to say, yeah, it's haunted? Absolutely. That would just bring more people to your house. So the the best thing for them to do is just deny everything. No, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You know, there's no haunting here. There never was, blah, 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 because they want to try to drive the people away so they can have their own privacy and their lawn is no longer being destroyed. Um, with, uh, you know, with the Conjuring House, it happened then, and the, the owner at the time was, you know, of course, upset and pissed off that all these people were descending upon her house, unwanted attention that she didn't want, um, and so there was a, a nasty falling out with that. And so she denied that there were any hauntings going on at that house, which um, a little bit different these days than back then. You know, I'd, I'd seen video uh, several years ago of she and Andrea Perrin walking through the house, talking about the history of the home and some of the different hauntings that went on there. So um, you did not have that with Amityville. There, there, there weren't those types of videos uh, with the homeowners at that time. But... To me, it's the same damn thing that, you know, they just didn't want the attention. So we'll just deny it all. So, yeah, I think home, homeowners since then have just maintained that because if uh, imagine somebody, a homeowner now living at the Amityville house is, oh, yeah, there's hauntings going on here. Whew. You know, they're not going to hear the end of it. So but um, if that's your money maker, then, yeah, you would say that if. <sighs> If that's what you're after. Now, Ricky talked about um, that he actually looked into purchasing the Amityville house when, uh, I guess, a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was actually for sale or if he just asked if it was for sale or something, but he actually looked into it. Um, you know, because he's interested in checking out the house and, you know, not just from the hauntings aspect, but from the, uh, from the actual crime itself, where how in the world do you you know fire off that rifle and nobody else in the house wakes up or hears it so you know, he was talking about him and ryan wanting to go through the house with that marlin rifle and and shooting the thing to uh to test the acoustics so um uh terry tormino like the queen mary the, yeah i think the queen mary would probably be another one a lot of people have focused energy up, upon it so yeah the question then becomes what part of the hauntings that are going on at these locations are the original hauntings and what part now are because there's so many people that have have gone there you know queen mary people investigate at you know or a focus enough energy on there that it should be haunted that they've pretty much sent energy there to make it haunted mm -hmm. you know so which i think is where you're coming up with this question yeah. Pretty much. So, and does that make it a tulpa? Does it develop its own identity as I am a haunted place? So, um, Tom McNicholas had a quite, couple questions in here about uh, tulpas. Uh, what is a tulpa good for, and how, or would a, a violent death in a home auto, automatically create a tulpa? Um, no. <clears throat> well, no on the second. Um, a violent death does not make a tulpa. A tulpa is. Um, the, con the, the concept goes back to the, the Buddhist uh, thought forms. So the idea that you can create um, not, not even necessarily a haunting, but to be able to create something in the physical world by the use of your thoughts. 
Um, that was that was the idea behind this. And so where we're getting this idea now is, um, or, or our understanding of this concept now is that a lot of people, many people are throwing these thoughts into the universe that end up creating this. It's, it's that same thought form concept, but on a much bigger scale. Um, so a violent death, if you die violently, you're not usually thinking, well, if I, if I suddenly die violently, then, you know, I want my, you know, body to become this ghost or whatever. Um, now a violent death could, you know, of course cause a, um, you know, a haunting to occur. It's not a guarantee, uh, but can certainly happen, but that wouldn't be a tulpa. That would just be, that would just be a haunting. Yeah. So, um, and what is a tulpa good for? Well, <clears throat> Again, um, with that concept of um, you know, putting thoughts out there to become um, physically manifested, so it's uh, it, it's almost the um, the same concept as um, I mean, what the power of positive thinking, right? What, what the hell is that? The ah. Um, uh, Law of attraction. That's what I'm thinking of. You know, you, you think it, so therefore it becomes. Um, so that that's kind of the same idea that, you know, you're thinking this to physically manifest something. Um, in this case, a particular entity. Um, and with something like, you know, say Slenderman or whatever, it's many people coming together with the same thoughts and ideas and, you know, something picking up on that and, and manifesting. Um see what else you guys have here so but in this case with with shauna's idea it would be the house yeah <clears throat> what about like something like mineral springs because that's you know you're talking a location that has hauntings a lot of hauntings there's already a lot of energy there due to the the mineral spring in the structure of the building um but now you have a lot of people investigating there's a lot of focus on it um, you know, we're there all the time and it seems like the, the more we go there, the more things happen. And that could also be because of the fact that things there are becoming more familiar with us. But still, does a building like that become the topo like you were talking about? I mean, that place had a lot of, has had a lot of energy come in and out too. Um, I would love to see the like an actual you know the books of how many people have been in and out of there and how many people have died there not just the ones that they've been able to locate but how many people have actually died in there um but then a lot of people don't even die there but they want to spend time there when they were alive so they come back when they're gone and you know it's and there's the kind of for people that have uh, attachments you know what if they come in with them and they just decide to hang around or there could be any number of reasons I don't really know if I've ever thought of mineral springs as that I was just throwing it out there because I, I you know I start to wonder okay you know if if we're saying that a, a house can you know become a tulpa because so many people are focusing energy on it that it becomes that you know even if it already has all kinds of other hauntings and people are focusing 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 i mean mineral springs is going through that right now yeah so that's why i threw that out there um all right, we've got some other questions that I am copying and pasting into our little document here as we go along. And Shauna's looking at the chat there. So, All right, so uh, Robert Hanna. So, Mike, you're convinced the Amityville house is still haunted? Yep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I believe it is still haunted. Andrea Agassin following up on that. But can something that was supposedly evil haunting the Amityville house go away since there has been so many people trying to get rid of whatever was there? Can it go away? Um see I don't necessarily believe that what was there was evil for one I don't believe the Lutz's story 
So, you know, all the stuff about the goo and the slime and et cetera, et cetera, I, I don't buy all of that. So I can't say what was there was evil. Um, you know, you have uh, Hans Holzer going in there uh, and he's discovering things like, well, yeah, it's haunted. You know, there's a pissed off Indian chief there because of the land that it was built on, um, which makes sense. That's not necessarily evil. That's just, you know, a, you know, entity being pissed off. Um, so it, it's hard to know what actually, you know, was there or is there now because we don't have that type of access to really follow up. I mean, we have the Warren story and then we have the story of Hans Holzer and then we have the story of the Lutzes and you even have the story of Butch DeFeo, which his story changes all the time. So you have all these conflicting stories and not really a way to know what happened. Um, what is interesting and in going into Holzer's research on it is there had been another house on the property that um, it was built in the 1700s. It was perfectly fine until it was like 1905 and the, uh, it's when the bones started to emerge and get dug, dug up and I guess they found a skull or, or something and they were playing around with it. Um, and that's when that house started to become haunted. It ended up being moved. And when it got moved to elsewhere in town, it was no longer haunted. Then they built the current structure, the Dutch colonial that's there in the 1920s, and, you know, it had hauntings. So it's tied to the land. And according to him, it's basically just this Indian chief. So maybe somehow it needs to be put to rest. I don't know if the bones that were that were discovered are still around anywhere, but... You know, so that that's his story. Um, you know, the Warrens had other stories. Of course, the Lutzes were all kinds of crazy, and 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 Bush says that he saw you know some demon or whatever handing him the gun. So hard to know what really happened. Uh, let's see what else you guys have here. Um. Yeah, and that's got a, a common question here. Do all houses with violence deaths become haunted, like the Velisca Ask, uh, Axe Murder House? And that's from Terry Tormino. Um, it's hard to know that, too. Unless you go into every house that has had a violent death and I mean, investigate. I've, I've been in houses that have had violent deaths. Um, I've been inside uh, places that have had violent deaths that seem to have more residual than intelligent and then I've seen the other where it was intelligent and less residual and then there's been times where I've been in places where there was no known violent death that had just as much activity as a place that did so I it's just it depends on um I mean, I don't really, I can't really say for sure one way or the other. You know, I've seen it happen these different ways. So, um, it's just, just the right energy at the right time, at the right place, I guess. I don't know, because I've seen it, I've seen it both ways. Yeah. I've seen no reason at all for a place to be as haunted as it is. And then even taking, you know, going back to see what was there before it. And then there's other times where I've seen a place and be like, oh, yeah, I bet this place is on it because of this that happened there. And then it'd be like, eh. And it's just like totally quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, you know, you always have those, you know, you can't make the paranormal happen on demand. So you'll go to a place that a lot of those things happen, should be haunted. People do report things and you go and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens. But then one time you finally get something. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy how that works. Yeah, it could just be, you know, what's haunted for one person. Wow. Wait a minute. What am I looking what? at? What? I was drinking my coffee. I didn't see whatever you just saw. Oh, that was a pretty, pretty bright twinkle, but it happened about the same time you were drinking your coffee. So I don't know if there Maybe was, was a reflection. reflection. 
It was bright. Although, I will say, Marcellus Walensky asked, could your studio there become haunted because you're bringing so many of our energies together via internet connection to paranormal <laughs> subjects? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Haunting by internet. There's stuff that happens in this studio. But We've seen a couple little things or heard a couple little things. Some of it you just don't know because, I mean, there is an alley right behind us. We've seen some of the twinkles. We've heard footsteps behind us at one point. Yeah. So I mean, I, Molly I don't know. doesn't really haunt the studio as much as she just haunts me. So and I don't really think of her so much of a ghost. She's just she's kind of like my friend now. So yeah. Like my 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 Molly. I guess Your Molly. I don't know. So uh, Megan Talbert's uh, comments. I can agree that if there is an urban legend and enough people believe that the creature. Uh, then uh, it can then become into existence. Likewise, if there is a ghost story that is attached to the location, the ghost or entity is created, thus building land becomes haunted by that tulpa. So maybe the house isn't the tulpa, but the entity energy is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the concept that, you know, the the ghost stories, you know, have amassed for so, so long that... Um, that something there takes on the persona of whatever's going on. Um, so it could be, it could be this, I, we'll, we'll just take the, the you know, <laughs> I'll throw this out there. The Indian chief spirit from at my grandparents' house that um, it didn't really exist. It was a ghost story that I created. But let's say that we threw enough energy into that for years and years and years and years. And suddenly there was an Indian chief spirit in the house. So did, you know, something come along, say, hey, here's a story that these people believe happened here forever. So let's go ahead and become that. Um, but similarly, I think like with a, with a structure, with a building, you know, if you're always having stories, let's say the stories are always, you know, you hear these footsteps all the time and you, you know, the doors are opening and closing on their own all the time. So does something, something come along that or that energy keeps being put into that that even if those things never really happened that there wasn't ever really a spirit there doing that before maybe there is now because everybody's believed it for so long that all that energy has been focused and boom we made it happen so interface death yeah that is that was death. that's my question that's the reason for this show what's <laughs> uh, okay that's justin so Okay, so, okay, I see it. From Justin Brown, Interface Death, do you guys believe houses can develop their own consciousness? Can psychics communicate with them like spirits? Can this ghost house cause paranormal activity to occur within the home? It's kind of what I was just talking about yeah. with the footsteps and the doors closing. And I mean, that that's, you know, that was my, you know, I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show or not, but that, that's kind of, that was my question. You know, after re-watching Rose Red and, and uh, Hill House, the series thing that was on um you know where there's spirits you know haunting this place but yeah at some point does the house develop its own um soul its own, its own yeah. consciousness yeah like you said so you know that it doesn't even need those spirits anymore it can just you know proactively do its own thing at that point and cause its own energy to go on um yeah that that was that was my question. Yeah, I mean, too. I would I would. I guess the way I see it from the question that you asked is that um, there's enough energy, like I mean, like what we consider with a tulpa, with you know all these thoughts and energies being put into this idea that it manifests and becomes that. That the same could be possible for um, a building, a structure. I mean, there's even the 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 cartoon movie Monster House where the woman basically became the house. Um, again, it's a movie. I get that. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's you're, you're kind of giving life to an inanimate object. But people believe this with their cars as well, that, you know, their, their cars actually develop a consciousness or they, you know, they have feelings or whatever. And there's something to that. You know, the, the, you hear stories about people that um, they, they don't want to piss off their car. They don't want to say mean things about their car because then their car will suddenly break down. 
you know, but you if, did that. Uh, yeah, but if you're <laughs> but if you're nice enough to it, then you know, the the book in the movie by Stephen King, Christine, is like to the nth degree of that. But there's a lot of people that that do believe that your your car can develop its own personality and you know, almost like a soul like that, its own consciousness. Now it's not the the shadow here is not going to suddenly turn itself on and drive out the out the garage door. But if you give it enough energy into that thought, would it happen? <laughs> <laughs> right. So maybe, maybe it could be a come a kit car <laughs> from Night Rider. So yeah, Justin, the Winchester mm-hmm. house comes to mind. Yeah, that was like the first yeah. house that we that we mentioned. Um, and that's funny, Megan up there said kind of like the movie Monster mm-hmm. House is actually, yeah, we went, we went there. We went there. Um, so I know that there was a, a question earlier about, because you mentioned Rose Red again. I think it was Tim Schoen that asked it. Um, that did I not like Rose Red? Um, I, I liked the concept of Rose Red. It did remind me a lot of the Winchester House. I was like, yeah, this is definitely Winchester House type stuff. Because uh, it went into the whole like building of the house and all that stuff, so it was like very Winchestery, if that's a word. Um, what I where I thought it was lacking was the acting. I, I think it would have been a, an amazing movie with better acting. Um, but but the concept was uh, was pretty cool. I don't think there was a lot new to the concept, you know. But um, but it was still pretty cool. You know, I, I liked the idea of of the house and all that. And I so. loved the house. Oh. I loved that house. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's a real house. Um, it's in Washington City. What the heck? It's um, it's a castle. It's somewhere. a castle. What the heck I is that go. called? <laughs> uh, I have it in here. It's Thor. Is it? No, I'm thinking of Thornhaven Manor. Um, let's bring it back up here real quick. So that's uh, Mineral Springs. Springs. This is this is the house that was in Rose Red Thornwood. 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 Thornwood let's Castle. Go. It's in Washington State. So, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's, let's do go. it. Let's do it. Um. So Robert Hanna asked, "Wasn't that Friday night ghost freight video you did about Alice Cooper's paranormal encounter? Wasn't that near Amityville? Yeah, it was like down the road from Amityville. Um, I'm not exactly sure how far, but it was pretty much right down the road. Um, and there were some rumors there that part of the Amityville horror had been written in there, but there's no proof." Of that, um, you know, it's he, he uh, Jay Anson is, is said to have written that while in New York City. Um, again, Amityville is you know, a, in um, the surrounding towns are you know an easy drive away from uh, from New York City. So he could have gotten away for a couple of days and gone there, and I suppose, but um, there's no proof that he he had written it there. Um, so Kathy Siliento, what are you saying is that not only does a house take on energy, but for the house to react, it would, uh, have to have a thought process. Well, yeah. And that's kind of where we're going. And again, this is a question We're we're not necessarily saying we believe this to really happen, but we're throwing it out there as a question and it could be a possibility. Um, if you if you take the idea of um, energy being able to manifest as a type of entity, because um, we already a lot of people already believe this with you know shit like Slenderman, um, or even just it could be a ghost in the house that we have we have created you know a uh, an entity out of our own thoughts. You know people believe this. Um, so is it possible to do that with a building? Can you put enough energy into a building and it then become haunted because you thought it? So, um, you know, would that building then have its own conscious to suddenly be like, okay, we're going to, you know, close the doors on these people? Well, I think that um, if we observe something like that, we're standing in a room, and we suddenly see a door close. It could be the wind, right? 
Um, but we may think that it's also a spirit that's there. And that's probably the, the route that we would start taking is that, okay, if it's, if we can't explain it as the wind or somebody stepping on a floorboard the wrong way or whatever, and we start going down the route of something paranormal, then we're probably going to start thinking it's a spirit, but could it also be the building itself saying, I want to shut you in there? I don't know. What do you think, Shauna? I got distracted by the practical magic comment. Oh, geez. House and practical magic would be a dream house. I thought that that was an actual house. Like, well, I, I don't know how much of I, it was said. I'd have to much, look up. But I thought that I saw something here a little while back that the practical magic house was for sale. So <laughs> I'm kind of interested in it. Not cool. that I yeah, I'd have to look there, up where that was. But I always yeah. like the atrium in that. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, all right. I'm just looking through the chat here, see what you guys have. Um, and everybody seems to be rewatching Rose Red. I wonder if that's because you mentioned it the other week or if just, <laughs> or to the collective unconscious, everybody's picking up on it. It's, it. We should be watching Rose Red. It's that time of year, yeah. you know, but man, I love that house. <laughs> oh, and I love I love that movie. Oh, it's a, it's True. definitely a cool house. So, and uh, if it were to become, it probably is haunted. Just it looks like a haunted house. Oh yeah. It looks and so, and, and you know, and that's that's kind of the thing. I mean, do enough people look at a house and be like, yeah, that 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 looks like a haunted house, and it becomes haunted. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I say that about like the Stone Lion Inn all the time. That you know, you look up at it and you're like that just looks like a haunted house and it is haunted but has enough of that energy of people walking by and being like it's a haunted house and how many times have we like even as like kids like attributed just the look of a house to it being haunted and maybe it never was haunted to begin with but then with enough people saying it's haunted it's haunted it's haunted it's haunted that it becomes haunted you know, again, that kind of law of attraction sort of thing, right? So, it very well could be. Or like the haunted forest. You know, it never was haunted. But we said it was haunted so many times that it became haunted. That we sent enough of that type of energy to a place that it became that. People go in, you know, to a forest like that. And then they're like, oh my God, I'm so creeped out right now. And then your mind starts playing tricks on you. What was that? I feel like I'm being watched. Did you hear that? You know, could wake somebody up, could wake something up that was just kind of dormant. Or you're feeding more energy into, you know, the atmosphere and then it develops into something, you know? Yeah. You or, know. Or, it, or it attracts something. Like, um, and you, you kind of just briefly said it there that, you know, maybe you throw of enough of a type of energy at a place that something that feeds off of that type of energy you know, picks up on hey the type of energy I'm looking for is over there where I need to go feed is over there because everybody keeps sending it there so I'm going to go there you know? yep. possible so Justin uh, Interface Death says I believe there is a realm where thought forms dreams and other manifestations live houses may have alternative identities like a shadow realm or even their own personality the paranormal is weird <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think there's a lot of um, undiscovered territory there that we could really explore just from just from this concept alone you know and, and maybe that's maybe that's something we test during an investigation if we throw enough you know, of the same type of energy between all of us in the investigation at a spot, you know, could something happen? Would that spot that didn't have anything going on before all of a sudden now have something going on? And right. why? Is it because, you know, we did that? Or is it because we fed the place where we're at and now it just took off on its own? Yeah, like, okay, we were talking Mineral Springs a little bit earlier. And, you know, there's supposed to be that um, uh, that entity, William, that kind of hangs out in that room back behind the, the pool. Well, I mean, it's kind of a creepy dark room. It has that dirt floor, which seems really weird to be a dirt floor when there's other 
floors and levels below that area. Um, so it's just, you know, it's not level. It's kind of off kilter. It, it's almost like, it, it's almost like notched out of the hill that had been there or something. It's just, it's just really a weird area. It's dark. And so because of that vibe that's back there, just from it, I don't know, just not having enough light. Did did everybody that crossed paths with that room, and I was just like, eh, that's kind of a dark, creepy room. Eh, it's kind of a dark, creepy room. And maybe there's nothing going on there at first, but there were enough people that were like, eh, that's a dark, creepy room, that suddenly this entity is like, it's a nice, dark, creepy space for me to be hanging out because everybody thinks it's dark <laughs> and creepy, so I'm going to hang out here now because that's what I'm looking for. You know, so... You know, maybe all those people thinking that brought it there. Maybe. Something to think about. All right. Andrea. <laughs> What's Andrea saying? Oh, my God. You guys are making me think outside my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, when we try to think outside the box here, you know, because there, there's so many different you know, the, this field, um, you know, some of it, why did that just go blue like that? I don't know. I don't know. Something went wrong. Please check your stream's connection. And there, pick back up again. Okay. Hmm. Weird stuff. So I hope it's okay. Um, yeah, but what I was saying, there's, there's so many different possibilities with this field. You know, because everything is based on theory that you can really just tumble down that rabbit hole with so many, so many of these different concepts. And uh, I mean, we may be talking out of our asses sometimes, but, (laughs) you know, basically everything is on the table, which is one of the things that's really fascinating to me about this field is that the possibilities of what's out there and how things may be able to interact with each other are endless you know, um, you know, everything in this world is connected and it's not just, you know, the physical world, like my, you know, my coffee mug here and, you know, the, the wristbands and Shauna's hair and, you know, hmm. <laughs> and Ichabod cranium back here and ghosty. It's, it's not just all the physical stuff that we see with our eyes. You know, there's other planes of existence here and all of that's connected with us too. You know, even, you know, light years away from us you know some other planet some other solar system another star somewhere all that's connected to us here too so everything's on the table um so marcellus walensky how about go somewhere with no claims and make up a ghost story with the that the other investigators don't know it's made up but but they have stuff happen well there is a bit of that um, and, and you can kind of, okay, I, I guess here's the thing. I don't think it would necessarily happen instantaneously. Like if you were to say, oh yeah, there's a, um, there's a ghost here and all of a sudden a ghost popped up. I, I don't think that that's going to happen instantaneously. I think it's a, a constant feeding of energy to a location that something eventually comes along is like, okay, there is enough attention here. It's kind of like I'm going to pick up on it urban legends though too you go and you're expecting something to happen but but it, does it happen right. no not always you know but the thing and then justin had one with the the he had one too with psychics um same thing that happens just with your regular just everyday people at a location someone has something happen and then also, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, we see plenty of that. Yeah, but we see plenty it's of that. like, but did you really see it? Did you really did see you it, really or are you just saying it because it? everybody else said it? Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's so tempting to just make something up and oh yeah, yeah, I saw it too. It's like except for I didn't really see it. Be your own person. Be yeah. original. You're not always going to see and feel everything that everybody else does. So do yourself and the rest of us a favor and just stop acting that way. It's really kind of yeah, but it's, it's and it's really and it's a way to, to test you know. people, I guess. If you, if you think that somebody's not legit, throw out some sort of story that's complete bullshit and see if they throw it back at you. you know? Yeah, 
It's it's also kind of the same way that you that you try to find a leak, throw out a bullshit story to somebody, and see where it comes back around from. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's okay not to experience stuff that everybody else is experiencing. Maybe you're just not meant to experience that particular kind of energy. Maybe it's your subconscious's way of telling you that you're just not ready to process that right now. So maybe you're meant to experience something else totally different. And then maybe you experience that and everybody else around you doesn't. So just be open to everything. But, you know, sometimes it's hard to not react the way that everybody else, like the chain reaction reaction. Sometimes I guess it's difficult, but, you know, you still have to uh, have your own experience. You still have to, you know, be honest with yourself. You know, it's not good to lie to other people either, but it's definitely not good to lie to yourself. Just be honest. This field has a lot of dishonesty in it anyway, so do yourself a favor and at least you be honest so that way you know you're not full of shit. There you go. There you go. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Siliento, they say objects are possessed by a spirit. Now they are objects like a doll, a painting, etc. So this makes me think if objects could also have its own energy and not necessarily be possessed by an entity. Uh, I mean, objects can certainly have attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an example there, uh, Sherry, about people buying uh, objects from antique stores and, you know, they're haunted. Um, or, or suddenly something happens in the house and the only thing they can think of that's different is, well, we just picked that up at the antique store. So something came along with it. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the um, that the object itself is haunted or that the spirit is inhabiting the object, but it, it, it's attached to it. It came along with it. Um, it can also detach from it. Yeah. You know, it, if it decides, oh, I like this place, so it no longer, you know, wants to, uh, you know, be with the, the object that it came with, um, that can certainly happen. So, um, yeah, yeah, there are haunted objects, uh, and usually it's just, you know, something is attached with it uh, for, for a variety of reasons. Um, I keep throwing this out there with, with Robert the Doll, because it's a very famous um you know, because you're talking haunted dolls, that's a very famous one, and I tend to believe that the uh, it's it's not the doll. Um, like when um, when he first got the doll, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when Gene first got the doll as a kid, I don't necessarily believe that the doll was haunted then, and that it was that it's been its own spirit or entity this whole time i think it is now um the spirit of gene that's attached to it if if there is a haunting if you do believe it's haunted and it has something with it then i believe the attachment now was gene but i think back then all the things that were going on with it i think was also gene um we uh put that video out about poltergeist activity um the other week and i think that this is one of those types of pk manifestation when Gene was alive, that it was focused at one specific thing, and that was the doll. And so, with his uh, with his psychokinesis, the doll was able to move around and do different things. Um, and then when Gene passed on, his spirit attached itself to the doll and, and is with it. So, um, it's a different viewpoint than most other people take, but that's from going over the case. That's what I believe. Very different. A lot of people are telling you amen, sis, and stuff like that down there for everything <laughs> that you were saying a little while ago. So, um, Andrew Helton brings up the stone tape theory. There, uh, like stone tape theory is no specific if it's possible that energy recording couldn't be from someone living at the moment. I mean, it, it's hard to tell because um, you know, it's playing back. The, the question with the stone tape theory is um, what is the catalyst for starting the playback? And I always like to throw this one out there. Um, I, I, I blew Chris Nielsen's mind away. Um, what was it last month with this one? The idea that, okay, residual haunt, if you're talking stone, stone tape theory and residual haunts, that a um, intelligent spirit you know, that we interact with, do EVP sessions with and all that, 
could actually watch its own residual haunt since a residual haunt is just a capturing of energy that plays back. So a intelligent spirit could sit there and watch its own residual haunt play back again and again. And I could actually plausibly see that. Like, let's say I thought about that once. Yeah. Let's, let's say, let's say we talked about tragic deaths before. So let's say there's energy captured where that tragic death happened and every once in a while, for whatever reason, boom, it kicks off and it plays back. Well, perhaps the spirit of that person did not move on. It's still there at the house or wherever this thing happened. And it horrifically gets to watch its own death every once in a while. It's terrible to think about, but hmm. I'm going to write a book with that twist in there one yeah. of these days. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Interface death. Yep. Um... And kind of going back to Robert, Robert Hanna is asking if you uh, you find and buy items at a thrift store. Spirit, that's kind of the same thing we're talking about the antique stores. Um, <laughs> Andrea Agassane wants to visit Robert the doll and hug him with permission. Uh, Bree Jones, would this be somewhat like a horcrux? We leave a bit of our own energy behind because we were heavily focused on it. Just the thought. Um well, I mean, that's, that's, you're getting into Harry Potter stuff here with the Horcrux. Mm -hmm. And you're actually, with that, you're splitting the soul is, is what that's supposed to be. So, um, it's very dark magic here that we're talking about, Harry. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a way to split your soul like that. Now, there are different concepts and theories about that we have that we do have bits of our souls playing out in different parallel universes and stuff like that. Um, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so because, because I don't know how that works. Cause I don't, uh, I already have a hard time with parallel universes. Not so much parallel universes as much as the multiverse. Now, that's, I guess I will say that that's the one that I don't quite buy into is the multiverse parallel universes. If, if you're saying from wherever that is, the, the place we go, we're supposed to go when we die before we get reincarnated into something else. If from there, you're kind of overseeing, um, shit, let's just, let's go into, um, okay. Let's say it's all a fucking game. <laughs> it's all a game. There are multiple games. You're sitting down there on a couch and you've got like five different screens going on and they're all different games, different worlds. Okay, and you've got one character in this world, one character in that world, one character in that one, one game, right? So they're all connected to you because you're all playing the game. Those are all parts of your quote-unquote soul, okay? Would you in one of those be able to like just suddenly split your character into two and have them into two different things at a time? The Horcrux, what was it, seven? I don't. I don't know about all that shit. <laughs> I don't know. And just went way off the deep end there. Yeah, they were, Justin was talking about the best way to test. A good way to know if two people had the same experience is to write things down when they happen instead of saying it, then compare notes later. Oh, I and, always, I always mention, hey, you should be taking a notebook with you yeah, on an investigation, and nobody but, does. Yeah, it's, I forget to have it's the time. hard. It, it would be, and it's good advice, but it's hard to break the habit of not saying whenever you react. The only time that for thirty minutes I had experiences that I didn't say a word to anybody uh, was in the cafe when we all did that modified version of what Donsfeld is actually supposed oh, okay, to be. Okay, you're Donsfeld. Every yeah. single one of us. Uh, wrote down our experiences and then we compared notes and a lot of us had the same experiences but or there was a repeating there was a repeating theme that all of us were experiencing but then others of us had different experiences that were not shared so some of it was similar and some of it was not um it's just during a regular investigation it's hard not to react right away um i get snuck up on you know sometimes and be like ooh, you know and they're, they're just, <laughs> yeah, you have a very visible reaction it's sometimes just involuntary yeah. 
reaction you know i'm not expecting it and then it just you know from out of left field here it comes and it's hard not to react um the only you know it would be easier to not react to like if you hear voices or if you hear stuff like that to me like the physical stuff i'm always going to react to that because it scares crap out of me sometimes (laughs) especially if i'm not expecting it or i don't feel or hear it coming before it happens so uh but like hearing you know words i got i could probably train myself to okay just write it down you know and then save it for later it's like oh okay well at this time you know whatever we were in this room and i heard this did you hear this you know but then at the same time you would have to be you know taking notes and like everybody would have to be very disciplined about it yeah 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 i mean i was I was much more disciplined about taking notes back in the day. And, you know, you watch the different videos that we that we do on like equipment. I always talk about notepad and pen and all that because I think it's a very underutilized um, set of tools. And I I used to be more disciplined about it back in the day and I've be, I've become less disciplined. But it's I, I, I don't know, maybe we, in some ways we've gotten a little bit more laid back on some of our investigations lately because it's. Well, because a lot of the places that we go to, we've been to a lot of times. And so we're more of, it's like visiting friends. Like we go to Mineral Springs and investigate at Mineral Springs. We're going in and visiting our friends. And you don't usually like sit there with a notepad and pen in front of your friends and, and, you know, write down the conversation. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it used to be that way at Mineral Springs. Now, whenever we go there, um, you know, it's not... You know, whoever is in there is still kind of a mystery to me up there upstairs, but it's not so much anymore since it's just constantly all around me everywhere I go. So I used to go there to visit, you know, certain ones, but now I don't really have to do that. I still like going there. Don't get me wrong, you know, because stuff still happens. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that still happens, yeah. even like the little girl and all that. Yeah, so. that, you know, that's a whole other mystery to That's become know, a crack. big part of my shadow person presentation now, yeah. by the way. So. You know, to try to get that to happen again, you know, I, I don't know what kind of groveling or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it I, and take. I don't think it's something you can make happen. Yeah, it's it's not, just it, you, you're in the right place at the right time and it happens. And so it was such you know, we, a we talk shock. About, yeah, you talk about not being able to make paranormal activity happen on demand. And it's like one of those. I, I know for Dustin Samario, who's, who's in there, it was the first time he ever saw an apparition, you know, and, you know, I. It could be, and I hate to say it, Dustin, it could be like decades before you see another, you know, because um, it just, you can't make it happen like that. And we also talk about, you know, it was, it was interesting. There was a, a little girl at the uh, the conference the other day that asked a really good question um, about the ability, and she must have been like eight years old. <laughs> she asked a, a really good question about the ability to see spirits. And so I talked about um, the the idea of you know people resonating on you know different levels, different vibration levels, um, because like you see more apparitions than shadows, and I see more shadows than apparitions. Um, so yeah, depending on you know what it is that you usually see, like I know f- for me that that little girl, I mean, I probably won't see another another one like that for a long long time um because i just i rarely see apparitions like that but i'll probably see a bunch of shadows (laughs) between now and whenever i see another apparition like that so yeah um all right so we are getting down to uh at the end of our show here justin saying a bunch of investigators taking notes would be a boring video um it's funny <laughs> how the, that out. he makes a good point it's funny how the video impacts an investigation he's absolutely right um because when the when the camera is off we do act differently um in the environment you know because i mean we not that we're certainly not faking anything um but when the camera is rolling there is a certain amount of interaction you have to have with the camera because you know that in the future this is going to end up on youtube or whatever and the viewers need that type of interaction between you and the camera or they're going to leave the video so um it it 
it creates a different environment there while you're investigating. So yeah, when the camera's off, it, it is it is different. So and when we saw that little girl, there was no camera rolling at the time. No. Which we've caught some flack for the story um, because of that. It's like why was nobody running a camera? And it's like we were just up there in Pearl's room, kind of hanging out, doing our thing. Um, Honestly, it was a public investigation. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't typically roll film during a public investigation for very for. Yeah, for only me, if, one reason. Only if we're doing like maybe a walkthrough type video, yeah. you know. But because to me, I think. Not that public investigations are a bad thing because they're always for a good cause. They're usually to raise money for the venue or for a cause and stuff like that. So for that reason, public investigations are a good thing. They're a good idea. Um, but to experience intelligent activity is not always going to happen. I feel like it's because there's too many people all over the place doing all different things, you know. Some of them are over here in one room asking this question. Some over here asking other questions, other questions, other questions. If I were a spirit, I'd get the hell out of that room. There is too much going on for me. And then, you know, this has lights. This has bells and whistles. This sounds like a radio station coming in. And it's just, there's too much, too much noise on a paranormal investigation, on a public investigation like that for me. So, so I don't really go on them. You know, I prefer a small group you know, on the same page with the same investigative style, you know, understanding that, you know, we're going to try this method first. We're going to try this method and be on the same page. I really believe that the reason that we get so much of the activity that we get is because we strip things down and we're one-on-one with spirits like, like we're sitting here talking to you guys. Or like I sit here and I talk to him and vice versa. You know, they're being treated as people, not as pets that we're trying to get them to perform tricks for us so we can post it on YouTube later. That's not what this field is about. And I think it's so sad that that is what it has become. But anyway, I'm done venting. (laughs) I'm done venting. I did not mean for it to go there, but that's... You say that even though we do post the videos and everything, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's more of, I mean, we're sharing our experiences. We're sharing our journey, uh, you know, with everybody. And a lot of people want to be able to see these different locations, um, and, and see what other people may be able to get. So we share those experiences with everybody. Um, and Tom McNicholas makes the, the point that, you know, during that investigation, when we were there looking at her, we all froze. It's like yeah. you're not thinking of. Let me get out the camera real quick. You're just not. Your 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 focus is on. Holy shit! I see a, a a little girl, and you know, for me, you know, I saw because I was the first one in the hall. I saw the whole thing start from the beginning with the billowing of the black smoke and the shadow that actually morphed into the little girl. So for me, especially for me, with, with doing so much about you know shadow people and, and things like that. You know, seeing, okay, here's a shadow that's actually morphing into an apparition and seeing that whole process because it was something that years ago I said, you know, these are two different things. Um, shadow people, shadow people only, and then human spirits are human spirits. You know, they, uh, there's, you know, shadows can't be human spirits. I, I thought that for a long time. And then talking with a number of people over the years, um, you know, Rob Gutrow and I have talked about this a number of times and, you know, having experiences where there are shadows that, you know, are people, they're humans that are, you know, trying to manifest or make themselves known and, you know, they can't quite do it all the way and not have enough energy or whatever the hell the, you know, concept may be because it's all theories, but they can't quite fully manifest and they end up looking like a shadow. Um, and so over time, it's like, okay, okay, fine. I, I, I buy that idea. I, I, I get it. I, I can buy that concept because there are some different interactions that are like, oh, okay, it could have been a human. But then I finally saw it with my own eyes a shadow, you know, become an apparition, a human spirit. Now, I still believe that there are um, uh, shadow people that are not human at all, interdimensional being. Um, so it's like beyond the concept of the show, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay there we go off of my soapbox now um, uh, Andrea had a big question about if spirits can see each other yes yeah yep 
they can and they can talk to each other too um i've got audio evidence of spirits carrying on conversation with each other so so do i I yeah one of the one of my early evps from oklahoma um you know to uh at least two we don't know how exactly how many were there uh spirits saying we shouldn't talk that's the evp we shouldn't talk we shouldn't talk you know so they're basically making plans that they're not going to interact with us during the investigation that was at the very beginning um and sure enough they didn't interact with us that night it was a very quiet investigation so um but yeah i mean we've seen that and even we were talking hans holzer earlier you know one of um the book yankee ghosts that stuck with me when i was when i was a kid one of the um one of the stories out of that book that stayed with me for for a long time that i always remember there's a bunch of stories in it but the one that always stuck out to me was um story of this little girl that was there in this house um it was very sad to me that you know she was there um but she wasn't alone that there was a uh woman spirit who was not her mother that was there and it decided to stay around and look after this little girl because this you know little girl was there at the house forever and so this other uh woman spirit that um i think she had died years after this this little girl um they both lived at the house at different points in time um but she decided to stick around within that house and look after the little girl spirit i want that so bad for (laughs) every time i come into contact with child spirit i hope that that's the case everywhere I want that. I want there to be like a paranormal babysitter or nanny or yeah, something, yeah, you be, know? Yeah, she became I want She that. became like the foster ghost of mom. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. It makes me feel better. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. We need to wrap it up here. We are past our hour. It's late. My throat is getting... I mean, you could probably tell it's getting a little mm. froggy here. So... <laughs>